hello, everybody. Welcome, Marla. Thank you so much. We're excited. This is, I was trying to be her first podcast ever, but I'm going to be her second because she was, you know, getting ahead of the curve the other night, (laughs) but that's okay. That's okay. So today we're going to talk about something that I don't personally have to deal with from a parental role, uh, but I know that there's a lot of parents that I know and that probably can use help with this. So before we dive into anxiety and parenting and all that good stuff, why don't you tell the world a little about yourself? Okay. So I am a licensed therapist and I have a private practice where I help children and adolescents and parents um, to manage anxiety and other mental health issues. Um, I also have worked as a school social worker for over 20 years and really am very passionate about helping um, kids and families to navigate all of the challenges in the the day-to-day world. Um, I'm also a mom and I have a 21-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. And I approach my work from both the perspective of a licensed therapist, as well as the perspective of a parent who has children who have both um, at times in their lives struggled significantly with anxiety. So I love what I do. Um, and I have been working for a while on trying to figure out how to have a greater impact for parents and to reach more parents. So I'm, I'm newly learning about the online space and how I can connect with parents in that um, arena as well. So I'm so excited to be here. Well, you're doing so many powerful, good things out in the world, um, as far as events and spreading your message for free. A lot of the times, you know, your events are are free and people are getting to know you and you're just sharing and you're already making an impact. So I'm really excited about your course launch coming up. Um, it's going to be a big, big deal and we'll revisit that and tell everybody from the rooftops as we get closer to the date. Um, but I don't know if you want to either share maybe a foundation of strategies. You're one of the most organized people I know. So I know that you have (laughs) kind of a a mental plan going on. Um, But I'm also going to, if it's okay, I'm going to share with you, again, no kids, right? But one of the most um, heartfelt things, like I didn't, I, I would have never understood that anxiety is a problem for children. I just happened to have a a child in my life that actually taught me this and how she did that was she had to write a school paper and it was supposed to be about um, your senses, right? About one of your senses. So taste, feel, and she actually titled the paper anxiety. Mm. And she's, she's the one who kind of enlightens me a little bit about what it is, um, you know, she'd have fear of ordering her own food in a restaurant. She, she didn't want to talk to people. Um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of secrets, things came out in, in physical harm ways. So there's, there's a lot of damage that could be done. So I just kind of want to put that out there. Um, I'm sure you probably were going to cover it anyway, but 
that's my only real experience. Uh, so if you want to speak to any of that as well, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I think what you experienced um, with her is so important. It is so important that we are talking to children about how they feel. You know, kids, they, I guess I shouldn't say they surprise you, but they are so incredibly insightful um, and often so self-aware of how they're feeling and the things that are challenging and um, difficult for them. So the fact, I think one of the greatest things that parents can do is to, to make space and make time to talk with their children, to just converse and say, Hey, how's it going? Like (laughs) connect and see anxiety presents in so many different ways. And it's really important for parents to have an understanding of what does anxiety feel like for kids and what does it look like? So there, the physical manifestations, I'm sure all of us can relate. Um, we all get anxious from time to time. And one of the things I want people to understand is anxiety is normal. Like it would be abnormal if we didn't experience anxiety. Everyone experiences anxiety from time to time. When it becomes a clinical issue or a clinical concern is when it's really impacting someone's day-to-day functioning. So just normalizing for a child, um, you know, there's, there's many different situations. Like you said, some children get anxious when they're having to speak in front of their classroom, or some kids get anxious when it's time to go to a doctor appointment. Um, some kids get anxious at play dates or tryouts for sports or going to new situations. Um, new experiences can also really contribute to kids feeling anxious. So it's important that we call it what it is. This is anxiety. This is normal. This is okay for you to be feeling these things. And one of the things that we say sometimes is you have to name it to tame it. Like, call it out. Hey, it looks like you're feeling a little anxious, a little worried. And in a non-judgmental way, like in a very accepting, open way, it's, it's just so very important. Um, so first we want to, we want to name it. We want to recognize like kids feel it and adults feel it. This is what I was starting to say in their bodies in different ways may have a really rapid heartbeat or your stomach may feel really sick, or you may have a headache or a stomach ache. And sometimes it's really challenging and tricky. And and this is something that COVID has, um, I I think created a little bit of confusion around this because (laughs) you want to have kids push through and say, you're okay. Like this is anxiety, but all of a sudden we have this you know, if you're feeling sick or if you're not sure, stay home. So it can be really challenging and really confusing for, for parents and for kids to figure out when you push through and when you stay home. Um, when is this sickness? When is this anxiety? And it just takes a little time to, to learn how to key into your body and to gain a greater awareness of anxiety so that you can tease those things out. So what I think I heard you say is that there's different times and circumstances and strategies of when 
sometimes you handle it one way and other times it's okay to like seek cover is kind of how I imagine it mm-hmm. or, or not be okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up COVID too, because I'm sure that that's brought this more to light. Like I, I love I don't love that there's the problems, but I love that social and people are starting to have the conversations around mental health. And this is a big part of mental health. So um, that's where we're really aligned. We have different missions, of course, but right. it's important that we have these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I really focus on with families and with parents is helping them to help their children learn strategies that they can use to manage anxiety in the moment. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole range of different things that we can do. Um, as simple as stopping and breathing, you know, this, this is a great anxiety strategy, but it's a great anxiety. I mean, strategy in life, you know, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling overwhelmed, just taking a few minutes to just slow down and breathe. Just, and it's incredible with, if you do this for two, three minutes, like we're not talking about 20 minutes of breathing, two or three minutes can settle you, can slow you down and help you to think more clearly about, you know, the situation that you're, you're encountering. So breathing is a really great strategy. Um, Another one is if we can think about anxiety is a protective mechanism in our bodies. It's a physiological protective mechanism. It is there to signal danger and and keep us safe. So the tricky part is we as humans have and imagination and creativity. And sometimes we think about things in our brain that we feel like, oh my goodness, this is terrible. This is so unsafe, you know, but really the situation is not a dangerous one. It's something that we have to look at more critically, like, okay, let's look at the situation. Um, Let me think of an example. A child who is afraid that someone's going to break in their house, let's say. What we want to do is first have them say, you know, they might have trouble getting to bed at night, might have worries about being alone because they're worried about, you know, something unsafe happening in their home. And so what we want to do is say, let's talk about that. You know, let's look at that particular situation and say, is this really unsafe or is this your worry brain telling you that this is an unsafe situation? And so we might look at strategies you can use to to tease this out are, is this facts versus feelings? Facts versus like, what are the facts? Has anyone ever broken into, into your home? Some For some kids, yes. And then there's a reason to be anxious and worried and concerned, like depending on their neighborhood or their environment that they're in. For some kids, no, their house is a very safe place. And then we can say, what are the things that make you feel safe in your home? 
Well, we have a ring camera that goes off every time somebody comes up the driveway, or we have locks on our doors, or my mom always checks before she goes to bed to make sure everything's set. Um, So the factual things, what's the likelihood in your neighborhood at this time that someone might break into your home? I mean, this is just one example, but trying to like break it down for kids and help them to understand. And then once we do that, we can problem solve. So what would make you feel safer in your home right now? Like, what do we want to do to help you feel a sense of safety and security? And, and kids will often come up with really great solutions to these anxiety issues on their own. We have to stop and listen to them. Um, a lot of times parents, myself included, <laughs> will try to hop in and rescue or solve the problem or, you know, help the child, like, let's just fix this for them. But we really want to empower children to solve problems on their own and to help them figure out solutions and how we can support them in the process. So, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I, I heard some really good things in there and I like that you talked about the reason, right? So instead of it being imagination kind of stuff, going through those different strategies and applying reason to that situation. And hopefully my mother's not watching. Um, but one of the things you, you said that really strikes a chord for me. And I know for me, I don't know if it's anxiety or defensiveness or whatever, even as a grown child, um, that rescuing makes me bananas. So I love, I want to, I want to call that out because, um, we don't just necessarily want the answer. You know, I have a headache, take an aspirin, you know, or, or whatever it is. Sometimes it isn't about just getting an answer. It is about the process. And I think that's what you're saying is having this dialogue as part of the process. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, absolutely. And I think when we think about anxiety, there are common kind of defense mechanisms. We, we've heard fight, flight, or sometimes freeze. So if we think about a child who's feeling anxiety, they might often, the, um, the common response is to avoid. So that's that flight response. Like, I don't even want to get in that situation because it feels uncomfortable. And as I said, a lot of times as parents, we don't want our kids to feel uncomfortable. Of course we don't. So we may tend to try to, you know, help them escape and avoid when really it's, it's a whole counterintuitive process. What we want to do is empower the child to push through those uncomfortable feelings and do the very thing that is making them feel anxious. Because once we do that, it's incredible that there's this sense of achievement and accomplishment and an increase in self-esteem and self-confidence. It's empowering. It's empowering for us as adults when we, when we do something that we've been really nervous about doing, I'm sure we can all come up with an example of a time when we did something like that. Like you have this pit in your stomach and you really know you should do it. And then you do it. And then the next time 
you do it, it gets easier. And we feel really empowered by that. So when we have our children avoid situations as a way to protect them and keep them safe, we're actually robbing them of the ability to grow and, and the ability to push through and be able to problem solve and manage things on their own. So if these things aren't, I have, I have multiple questions written down and if there's anybody watching on Facebook, um, feel free to, I'm, I'm trying to keep an eye on the comments. So if my eyes are wandering, it's not that I'm bored. (laughs) It's that I'm trying to pay attention to both. Uh, but you just said, if, if things aren't addressed, does that actually carry into adulthood then if, if you're not facing whatever's causing the anxiety, like, what does that look like beyond childhood? Okay. This is like one of the things I am so incredibly passionate about. Children are like little sponges. They are so incredible to work with in therapy um, because they have this desire as we all do to feel better and know how to, how to navigate things. And I often will say, if we can teach children these skills that I work on really hard in therapy with them, skills of identifying feelings, communicating feelings, getting in touch with your feelings, recognizing anxiety and using strategies to push through the anxiety. When we teach these things to children, it literally can change the trajectory of their whole lives. Like imagine A child who learns how to do these things, learns how to push through anxiety, they are open to possibilities for how they set their goals, you know, experiences, going to summer camp or trying out for a team or auditioning for the school play. Every time you do something like that, you grow in your ability to think bigger, your ability to, you know, do amazing things in the world. So it is so impact. It's so important to me. And the greatest teachers in the whole world are parents. You know, this is why I'm so passionate about educating parents and teaching them how they can support their children in overcoming anxiety and managing uncomfortable feelings, because it really has the potential to have this amazing, massive lifelong impact. Uh, and I want to add one more thing. Go for it. We are, we are never too old to learn these skills. You know, I, I, my work tends to focus on children and adolescents and young adults, but adults of any age can learn how to do this. and the impact at any age is it can be huge and it happens fast like once you learn how to do this you become more apt to continue doing it to continue pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone continuing to do things that make you feel uncomfortable but you know are are in your you know in alignment with your dreams and where you're going in the world so like I said, I, I speak a lot to children and parents, but really this applies to anyone of any age. 
that kind of answers my next question. And it's so funny as you talk, uh, it's almost like you can't be 10 X without, with anxiety until you figure out how to manage the anxiety. It's, it's almost like you can't do it because that fear would always hold you back. So true. I hadn't drawn so that true. connection between what you do. And I mean, that's how we met. Um, but I haven't, yeah. I hadn't made that until you just said it. And and there's so many examples bubbling up in my head. One recently was on my brain about when I was younger, I didn't want to go to a co-ed gym. And by younger, I mean, even my early twenties beyond mm-hmm. that, I, I didn't want to go where there was men, whatever the voices in the head were, you know, like there was a gym called curves. I don't even know if they're still around, but it was women, women only. Um, and it's probably not until the last decade that I'm, I'll go in and do it. And I still don't want to be like front and center in front of uh, the men, but it's not as much of an issue. Um, and I don't know where I got that from. Like, I don't know. I don't remember anything specific, but it's just always been there, you know, and I had a work through that. And that's just one of many that pop in my head, eating alone in a restaurant. Like I imagine that's still a thing for a lot of adults. I was a truck driver. I didn't have a choice. I had to eventually get past it or I wasn't going to eat, you know? Um, So I can see how this transitions into adulthood. I'm wondering, does it look different between maybe a six-year-old, a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old? Like, does it look different at different stages of the life or um, since you said that the strategies and different applications apply to adults as they would children, but does it look different during the different years because of developmental things? Yes, it it very much can. Um, you know, I think we see with younger children, we see more, we could, anxiety can present in, in many different ways. You know, it can present with a child feeling really tearful, really shy, really, you know, nervous to meet other people. It can present in, and this is, I think that would be more of that, that either flight or freeze kind of where you just get stuck. It can also present in that, what I mentioned before is that fight, that fight reaction where, you know, you may see acting out behaviors like real, uh, you know, arguing, um, throwing things, kicking the walls, those kind of more outward signs where you may think like, oh, this kid has, you know, behavior issues. Well, we need to think about what's underneath that. You know, are they acting out like that because inside they just can't regulate how scared they feel? or how nervous they feel. And it's easier to just like, ah, um, which is why it comes back to that whole piece of we've got to find a way and a time to talk to children. Like, what's that about? You know, it, and in that moment, when the child is having this like behavioral response, that may not be the best time to say, hey, you know, we need to be in a quiet, calm place where we can really say, hey, what's what was going on back there? You know, all I was asking you to do was get ready to go to school. Why, why am I seeing all of this? Um, there's a, a um, doctor who says kids do well when they can. Nobody wants to be the kid who is having 
behavior issues or learning issues or, you know, struggling. When, when a child is struggling like that, it's because they're missing some sort of a skill or they're missing how they can respond better. Nobody likes to feel like, like that, whether it's anxiety or depression, um, it's a sign of something else that's going on. And, and that's a really big part of the work I do is trying to figure out what's underneath that and how can we support people in, you know, overcoming those situations or getting, you know, whether it's an environmental change or a support they need, figuring that all out or skills, lacking skills. You, you use the word regulate, which started what I call a brain train for me. And I don't know, I don't want to put you on the spot with clinical rules or laws or, or make you accountable Mm -hmm. for something bigger with where I'm going to go here. But I'm curious as you're talking about these symptoms, actions, I'm not sure what, what they call I'm wondering, do you see a lot of times, is this where the ADH medicine and, and all these, like, are those some of the ailments that maybe get, like, do children get misdiagnosed with some of these things where we think all these kids are broken and we give them a bunch of pills, but it's really this anxiety that could be solved with these parenting tools, with these conversations? Like, am I drawing really wrong lines here? Um, (laughs) so I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. It can be really tricky. It can be really tricky. And there are certainly situations where I have, I have seen that children benefit greatly from really good treatment with a doctor. It's my personal preference that we always start with looking at how can we help kids, whether you're on medication or not on medication, these are skills that you're going to need, you know, learning how, as I said, anxiety is normal. We all have it. So regardless of whether or not you're medicated, you need to know how to recognize those feelings in your body and how to regulate them, how to communicate and talk to people, how to ask for help if you're struggling and need some support. Um, So, you know, I don't want to speak too much to the medication piece, but it it can be a complimentary, helpful thing when prescribed by, you know, a doctor who really understands. Um, I have seen situations where changing an environment or offering other kinds of supports or teaching a child how to how to navigate a little bit differently can be really effective too. So, uh, Yeah. I'm sorry to put you on the spot so completely, yeah. but I just feel like, and again, it's my personal, I just feel like pills get thrown out there as a solution for everything. So the more I discover on my journey about things like meditation or conversation or processing, like you talked about, early on about teaching the kids how to identify their feelings. Right. I don't know how to do that as an adult. Like, like what's the difference between anxiety and fear or like, I, I don't know how to distinguish them still. I mean, 
as I investigate yeah. more and more. So geez, if people can learn that when they're younger, it's no, no wonder the trajectory doesn't change. Right. Well, Eons is teaching people, teaching kids how to expand their feelings vocabulary. Like you said, like a lot of times if you say, how are you feeling? Someone might say, okay, angry, happy, sad, mad, but there's all these nuances of, of different feelings. Are you really mad or are you jealous? Are you sad or are you feeling kind of guilty? Like there's, there's all these different things. And the more we talk about it, the more we, we learn, um, about ourselves too. I, I think like you said, I'm still learning, you know, I've been doing this work for over 20 years and I'm still learning how to self-reflect and tap into my own feelings of anxiety. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> I'll tell a little story. I have had a situation with anxiety around the world of social media, because for many years I was, well, first I was professionally trained that you keep your boundaries. You know, part of the therapeutic process is you really don't share too much about yourself. That's my training, like because of the impact it can have on our clients and this and that. So for many years, I wasn't even on social media. Like I'm, I'm still, I consider myself still very new to, to all <laughs> to this whole world. And, and part of that is I had a lot of anxiety about that. What are people going to think of me? Uh, do I really want to put myself out there like that? Uh, am I going to look foolish? It, you know, oh, I don't know. How, I just don't know how to, how to manage it all. And what I have come to learn and understand is social media it can be really, really a difficult thing to navigate, but it can also be a, a really great place to connect with people and for me to, to serve people and to reach to a broader audience. So when I tell you when, the first time I did a post, <laughs> at all. Like the, the butterflies in my stomach, I thought I was going to throw up and I had to use, this is one of my favorite anxiety strategies ever. I use it all the time. We have to think about what is the worst thing that could happen in this situation versus what is the best thing. And I use this like when I'm making decisions and anytime I'm like torn about what to do, what is the worst thing? What is the best thing? So for me, the worst thing, the worst possible thing that could happen is I might be embarrassed. People might not like me. People might think it's weird. You know, there could be a lot of that negative stuff, which I don't even know how I would know about that. <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of stuff in your head um, that, that you create these stories. And then I weighed, okay, what is the best possible thing that could happen? And when I thought about that in my, in my work and in, in where I'm coming from, the best possible thing that could happen is I could have this opportunity to connect with a much broader, wider audience. I could have this opportunity to share 
the knowledge that I've gained over the last 20 years, um, both as a therapist and as a mom with parents who are struggling. And, and I was on that journey. I'm still on that journey of parenting and it's really hard. And when I thought this social media could be my way of connecting and reaching and helping and serving people, even if I serve one or two people, like, yeah, get over your, your (laughs) worries about looking foolish because who cares if you can connect and do this other work. So I use that strategy all the time. And it is truly one of my, one of my favorites, but one of the most powerful ways that I use to make decisions and figure out how to push through that anxiety. And I even, I think you know this, but I even have a t-shirt. I, I, I have facilitated a lot of, um, I had this girls group going on for a while and we talked a lot about anxiety, right? A a lot. It's a big topic. Any kids, teens, adults, like you could talk anxiety in any room, anywhere. (laughs) Um, But I was doing a lot of work with these kids and I found this t-shirt that I absolutely love. And it's, it's really cute, but it, it says on it, but did you die? And I think, I think about this a lot. Like, okay, I'm not going to die if I post on social media or I'm not going to die. Even if I am completely embarrassed or make a fool of myself, like people, it's short lived. It's fleeting. People, I'll get over it. People get over it. I'm not going to die, but then I'm going to be able to possibly have really great opportunities to help people. And so that's where I'm coming from. Oh, I love that. I just, (laughs) I recently watched, um, some of the clothes videos in, in Cardone land. And mm. it, one of them was a disease. Like you could buy this thing. It's not as bad as having a disease, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I love that mindset. Uh, so you were just yeah. talking about social media. So can you commit to me that you will, you have a lot of really cool things coming up. Um, I know that you can probably talk for hours about all this stuff, but can you put links to some of the events underneath um, this in the chat for people who are watching the replay? Um, I thought I tagged you, but I don't, I'm still getting used to the streaming, but I'll tag you. So if anybody has any questions watching this, uh, wants to know more about the events or this topic, but is there anything that you want to share that I might not have asked about that you want to cover make sure that everybody learns today before we wrap it up? Sure. I mean, I, I would like to, if you, if you don't mind, just share a little bit about the events coming up, just in case there are parents out there who may want to attend or anyone out there who may want to attend. There's a meditation 101 workshop coming up on Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. And one of the therapists in my practice is talking about how you can use meditation wherever, whenever. There's this big um, idea that you have to be especially skilled or have a quiet place or have hours of time to do it. So she really wants to demystify meditation and talk about how you can use this in a grocery store. You can use it in the carpool line. You can use it you know, when you're feeling frustrated about something and it just takes two or three minutes. So Joyce Day is going to break that down. And I invite, it's a free webinar 
open to anyone. I'll put, I'll put the link in the chat. I would love for anyone to come. If you're not able to come live still, I encourage you to register because we'll be sending out a replay of that event. So, so that is coming up. Um, and then I'm trying to think what else I'm doing an event. Go ahead. Well, part of why I put you on my wall is because I'm from Connecticut. So you have even some in-person stuff coming up. Yes. I was going to say on Saturday at the J. Jill shops in the shops in Farmington Valley in Canton, J. Jill graciously invited me to come and present there. I'm doing a a little pre-Valentine's event about self-care which is another, we could have another whole podcast about that. I'm super passionate about that. Helping people to really prioritize themselves and find ways to incorporate self-care into everything you do every day. Um, You know, I like to say self-care isn't selfish. It's essential. We have to take care of ourselves. And especially if we're trying to take care of other people in our lives, we can't do that really well unless we are, you know, in a place where we're feeling nourished and available to do that. So yes, that is Saturday at noon at the Canton shops. So I invite anyone who's local, come on down. We'd love to see you there. And I I just learned yesterday that they have um, some really great prizes that we'll be raffling off. And there's some, a local salon donated a big basket of stuff. And um, so there, there's a lot of things that, that are going to be happening over there. And we, we are saying, take care of yourself and take care of your neighbors. So there's no cost to attend that event, but there is a donation suggested for Gifts of Love, which is a really great local charity in Avon. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. Great. Well, yeah, if you can put your pretty little flyers, because you are like, um, that was the other thing I wanted to say about you and social. You are the new reels queen in my book. Um, I'm so Oh my goodness. Bobby, (laughs) you know the story, you know the backstory. So reels is another thing. Again, I'm learning from my marketing and in the business end of things, how very important it is to show up on social media. But to also show up in video so people can get a sense of you and your style and all that stuff. So I, I created these draft reels (laughs) just, and I had to have my 16 year old walk me through, like, how do you do captions? How do you move things? Like all this stuff is so new. Um, And I have to say, I'm enjoying the learning and trying to embrace it. But my first reel that I posted I, I accidentally posted it. I was looking at the draft. I looked down, I looked up, it was gone. And it just talk about anxiety. Like I thought I was going to get sick. Literally. I was like, Oh my gosh. And then my, I, I, and then I had to use my strategies, regulate, take some breaths. Like, stop. Okay. What's the best thing? What's the worst thing? What's the best thing? What's the worst thing? Just breathe, breathe through it. And it it just is just one more example, but I think it was pretty good. It like, it it was a cute little reel. I'm kind of gotten over like, okay, it's out there. You guys should check it out. (laughs) If anyone wants to see it's on, uh, it's on my uh, Instagram, but it actually 
was seen. I, I have a very small little audience of probably 250 people, maybe around there. And so my daughter, I, I told her the story when she came home from school and she's like, oh my goodness. And then we're like, well, let's see if anybody even saw it. You know, I didn't know how to find the insights. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked in less than 24 hours, it was seen over 3000 times. And then I had a, another whole wave of anxiety. So <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I, we're all trying to live through it and and figure it out. But oh, I just breathe. I stop and breathe and say, "Okay, I'm showing up, and I'm ho- I'm showing up with a heart of service, and I'm grateful for opportunities and that I can that I can do this." I don't know. I wish everybody could have met you in my world three months ago when I did, because all this personal growth and, and the things, the hurdles, you are a living example of getting over these humps and and the real story and how you're showing up and the calculated risks, I guess, that you're Mm -hmm. taking, um, you're just flourishing. And, and every, you know, every week when we chat, you just continue to get more and more. (laughs) I get to learn from you um, selfishly about all, all the things that you're an expert at, but you're really challenging yourself and, and going at a very cool pace. And it is about service and you just exemplify that. So thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you. And I was going to just say, I know you have a lot of um, your audiences in the 10X community and the 10X family, but one of the things that really resonates with me is that concept that success is your duty and your responsibility. And that's what I think of when I'm, when I'm feeling anxious or nervous and need to push through. So I love the 10X community. I'm so happy to be a part of it and part of the family. And it's really helped me, you know, you have helped me so much, Bobby. Bobby's amazing. Um, Just in terms of pushing me to grow and do things and to, to really benefit from all of your knowledge and your expertise. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to be here and I'm grateful for you. So thank you. Thank you. I know. I'm so grateful for you too. And social media got us connected guys. I mean, I saw it's her giving a little speech and just shot her a message and said, Hey, you're a badass. And uh, <laughs> the rest is kind of history. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. You have some homework to put some links. I would love for you to, I think you can put the Insta, your reel. Let's post a reel underneath too in the comments. Oh, I will. I will for fun. Let's get to 30,000 views. Yes. Yes. And what else I was going to say is I also have been working on my website. So if anyone would like to visit there, there's some free guides and free resources. You can find that at MarlaDakin.com. It's M-A-R-L-A-D-A-K-I-N.com. And it's same on Instagram. So follow me. I would love that. And please, you know, take advantage of all the events are posted on there and there's free, a free anxiety guide and there's a free self-care guide. So please, um, you know, treat yourself to those things and, and get in touch. I'd love to connect. Perfect. Perfect.